Exciting episode of Raps Rant coming your way. All things Raptors, all things NBA, hosted by Philip Marion, Blair Johnson, Patrick Harris, and Megan Smith. Hi. Thank you guys for joining. Thanks for having us. Pleasure to be on after a game like last night's. Oh, <laughs> we'll get right into it. Blair is will join us shortly, but it's the three of us. Let's start with this. Where were you? What were the reactions? How'd you handle it? I was, um, I just, I played, I played, I played golf yesterday and the round didn't end, uh, until after the game had started. So I was driving home and when they went down, I just got really upset and I turned off the radio and I got home for the fourth quarter and was kind of casually paying attention to it because I didn't, I didn't want to get disappointed if they lost. And then I started checking in as, and I got really into it as they tied the game. But with 0.5 seconds, like I was so deflated when Tice hit that shot uh, and the defensive breakdown. Uh, I, I didn't know what to expect, but I went absolutely berserk in my condo when OG hit the shot. Yeah, I, I, I have to watch all playoff games by myself. Other people stress me out. So I watched the whole thing. I The first half, I did... Um, skip out for about five minutes because it was so ugly. But then for the second half, I was literally standing the entire time. I couldn't sit down, pacing in front of my sofa. And then as soon as he hit that shot, I sort of let out a little yelp and then just collapsed on my sofa because I literally thought my legs were going to give out. But the the anxiety that I feel during these games and the stress is, it makes it unenjoyable. (laughs) It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, welcome to the club. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's too much. Like it, loving them so much hurts. So, mine's a little. I, so I'm. I was with Blair and another friend of ours, and Blair's got a projector screen and just uses Chromecast internet to uh, stream the game. So as the Tice dunk happened, I like I send a message off. I think first to you, Pat, being like, yeah. "Oh, you know what? Good comeback. So sad. They're just so. They're just too tired." Not and, you sent, and then you sent me like a question mark and then you were just like said, and then my phone blew up. So I kind of, I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, Oh, Oh, Oh my God. What's about to happen. I, is this, <laughs> I was like, I, I was actually talking like that. I was stuttering. I look over at Blair and Andrew and I was like, guys, 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 I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but something big is about to happen. Now, what I didn't know is whether it was going to overtime or if they won. So I'm standing, okay. we're standing there where all three of us are just standing at the screen. And as soon as Kyle threw the pass, we were like, Oh my God, it's a three. <laughs> as soon as it went up, we were just, Oh, just I could hear this scream. That's amazing. From the walls in my condo. People were going nuts. It was wild. It was great. It was so cool. It was, yeah, just what a, what a pass. What a OG want, like was just so ready for it spectacular shot to get it off in that amount of time just awesome the the walk-off the casual walk-off was <laughs> such a boss move like i can watch it over and over again all the all the different 
uh, memes that have been put on Instagram and all the different like slowing it down and putting like the Titanic song over it and stuff like that. It's just incredible. <laughs> he has maybe the best walk off swag I've seen in the league oh. in a long time. It was just it was awesome. Puts Damian Lillard to shame from last year. For sure. I um, Let's talk about that last shot. Uh, do you guys have it? Like, I, I know where I stand. I am um, that defensive lapse, which I believe was Pascal, um, as he didn't drop down to pick up Thice. Is it Thice or Thice? Thice. It's like Thice. I don't know. Thice? Thice. Okay. Yeah, Thice. But on that backdoor drop off from Kemba, which was gorgeous, um, which personally I thought he was going to kick it out. Like, that kind of surprised me. So, um, but yeah, so Kemba not only got out of a double team, but to find that open pass was, was pretty beautiful. Um, shoulders dropped. I just, I thought, you know, it was over, not their year. Um, and then, you know, you have that point five where that pass was incredible. Maybe one of the best passes I've ever seen. And it was high enough that OG could catch it and get it off right away. And it just, it just shows you that there's no situation in this game that can't be overcome and can't quit. And I did feel that this is what championship experience is. You just, you never get too high. You never get too low. You have to believe in the process and 0.5 is, is all you need. Well, it was, it was awesome to see just throughout the game, especially in the fourth, just the, the, just willing the team, Lowry and Van Vliet, just willing the team to, get there and tie it and they kept you know, you know they go down at critical times down four lowry has a couple drives van vliet drives to tie it so they didn't settle for the jumper they didn't sell they just said hey we're coming in we're going to tie this game so it was great um here i'll go over it. lowry was very he was determined he was like but, yeah lived up his game. reputation in the in the in that game it was unbelievable he, he reminded me of game six lowry like yeah from the final and, uh, he he's probably he probably spent the night in an ice bath because 46 minutes that game 46 and a half it literally was off for 90 seconds yeah so here let's do this i'm gonna go through just quickly go through the box score and we can kind of recap the game from start to finish with some comments so yeah 104 103 wraps uh so pascal had 16 points on 16 15 shooting og obviously you know 12 points four of eight Gasol had 10 points. Here's the key. Lowry and Van Vliet. So Lowry at 31, Van Vliet at 25. So finally, two, uh, two of our top guys, they stepped up, which is great. Bench was, yeah, there's 10 points scored by the bench. But Norm. There's only two players that came enorm- off the bench. So Norm had some up. enormous, enormous basket. So Powell stepped up when needed. Uh, Tatum had an off night. He was 5 of 18. Uh, six, he had the most assists on the team. He had six. Um Kemba Walker was the guy for them tonight for that for that game. 29 points and 9 of 15 shooting, 4, 7, and 3, and the key assist. Jalen Brown played a good game. They play more players. Uh, I'm just going to start quickly with how just one thing. So I'm just going to talk about the coaching, and then I'll ask you guys to go over what your thoughts were in the overall game. But initially, I was thinking when I was watching it, you know, the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter, I was kind of looking over at the other guys saying, well, it, it seems like, you know, guys like Wanamaker and um, Williams were just on the floor for too long. I was like, why? I was like, is, is Tatum injured? So at first I was thinking, hey, look, Stevens didn't even have to play those guys. 
and they're still in the game and now they're going to be so fresh coming in. But then you look at the end of the game and the fact that the Raptors hung on, it hung, hung on, stayed in it. That shot happened with a terrible, terrible sort of defensive scheme for an inbound play. And he calls a zone when it should have been man. That's the first and foremost. I, I thought, and then, I'm sorry. Yeah, just quickly, I didn't say it just backfired. And so when you look at other analysts, I was listening to Inside the NBA, and it was a good point by Draymond Green, who I hate, but I'll give him this point. He goes, listen, he goes, this is the Raptors. They're a tough, scrappy team, and you have a chance to put them out and put them under, and you don't just play your guys. Like, look, you should have been playing Tatum and those guys the same minutes as Lowry. Yeah, just go for it. So it really backfired. I think I think Stevens outcoached himself. So that's my thought on the game. I think Stevens' biggest mistake was, or one of anyway, was the decision to play Cantor. And I felt that that's when the Raptors really got going. Boston obviously needed some minutes from him. Um, he's going to be an impact on one end of the floor. You know, he's going to score. He's going to rebound. He's going to be an, uh, active on the glass. But the Raptors really attacked him at every single chance they could and really eliminated his ability um, to, to be an impact. And, and they just couldn't keep him on the floor. So he, to me, he's almost the one guy that, um, you know, I don't know. Like the Celtics break you down so much off the dribble. Um you know, in one possession even, so with multiple penetrations. So your defense gets all scrambled and screwed up and, you know, your offensive ground almost becomes in a feeding a feeding glass for the Celtics. So I just didn't feel like the Raptors could match up with them on that. So by eliminating the impact of Cantor, they were really um, able to, you know, get ahead and, and kind of go on a bit of a run there. I, I agree with you on that. I was like, I was surprised. I actually asked, once again, I asked, I was like, is Williams injured? And <laughs> it was like one of those things I just kept thinking, like, are these guys injured? Why are they not? Like, what? He outcoached himself. Why are you going away from what's working? You know, the first two games, at the end of the day, they work. All right, Patrick, you got a thought? Yeah, I, listen, I think if you're going to describe that game with one word, it's luck. You know, we are... Toronto fans are incredibly lucky to escape that gymnasium with a win uh, on one of the probably the second greatest play in franchise history. Um, and we need, just need to be better. We, you know, we talked about it on the podcast before, Phil, that both these teams are successful when they when they limit uh, transition baskets and they get their their opponents in the half court. They've we've both been able to do that, except Boston. I don't know about you, but Boston doesn't look like they have any trouble shredding through our half court. Whereas no. when, when we still can't break through, uh, I don't know if it's their, it's their guard size compared to ours. I don't know if it's, you know, Pascal being uh, they're they're playing Pascal incredibly physical and him not being able to break through the double team, but we just can't get anything going. And, and the feeling I get like, this isn't going to be analytical or, or data driven, but the feeling I get is that when Boston scores, they know exactly what they're doing. And when Toronto scores, it's like a, either an iso ball or an, an open three or something like that. It's very rare that our offense look like, looks like it's in sync with what it's supposed to be doing. And, and you go, I don't, so again, I don't I, like, I don't, I don't look at this as a, I don't look at this win as something that's giving me a ton of confidence. Like it's great and it's going to be great for morale. And if it turns the team around in terms of getting them in the right headspace to, to win, then that I think will be incredible, but we'll see in game four, because I'm still very worried about a lot of the things that I saw. Oh, 
Definitely. I just think that Celtics defense is so good that they're taking away Siakam's ability to post up almost completely. And he just, he looks, he looked very tentative to me. It affected his game. He was overthinking everything. He had dumb fouls in the first half, but I did see a noticeable difference after he hit that one three um, coming out of the half. And in the fourth, he attacked a bit more, you know, he attacked a few times and scored. So I just feel like the more that, he or other players are finding Pascal get, playing a bit better. It's going to make things easier for Pascal. Didn't he get 14 of his 16 in the second half? Yeah. He yeah. Did. yeah. Oh, so he that, had, that's that a good was sign. Very, that was very encouraging. And the, and the very three was a huge three as well. Yeah. It was a very important three. Uh, he threw up a couple threes before that where I screamed at the TV. And at one point, I think I said, trade him. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was because he yeah. just hit the backboard. Um that's just me being me. But at the end of the day, I was very encouraged. The, the one positive I would say is that, uh, you know, Blair and I got into an argument in the last podcast talking about how the role players and that have to step up. Of course they have to step up. At the end of the day, the only way we're winning the series is if our top three, at least one or two of them, like, we got to have two out of the three scoring over 20. And, and it would be nice to have one in each game we play for the rest of the series. One of them out of the three, Siakam, Van Vliet, and Lowry, one of them's got to score 30. You got to have someone who's aggressive and <laughs> Well, I mean, just basic math will dictate that to you, right? If you're only playing seven players plus Matt Thomas for like a cup of coffee. Well, they, yeah, you're toast. Yeah, that's a great point. But ultimately, if you're saying those, those guys got to do it, it's not going to come from like Ibaka. I'd love to see Ibaka some night score 18. If he scores six in a game, am I going to care? No. He had great defensive stops. But when it came down to the reason that we stuck in this game and eventually and were put in a position to even having a chance to win it is because of Lowry and Van Vliet. I thought um, Kyle Lowry is just obviously, we all know, best player in Raptors um, history. It just... To me, it's like he doesn't know how to play any other way than hard. And just he he runs a clinic on how to use your body every single time he plays. Um, I, I just I can't say enough good things about him. But um, sorry, hold on. My Roomba is banging at my door. One moment, please. <laughs> yeah. What do hey, you think Pat, about Gasol, well, Phil? Like I, I, I really thought. I'm so, I'm so sorry, mixed man. with Gasol. I'm so mixed with Gasol because there was one point I was like, I had a fit because there's an inbound play and it was the second quarter. It was just at the end of the half. An inbound play, Kyle throws it out to Gasol, who they don't even cover anymore when he's out on the three-point line. And he bricks a three. And then Kemba ends up hitting a dagger to put them up 10 to end the half. I actually had to go outside for a walk at that point. So That's when I turned really, off the radio. He has to hit a couple of threes. It's killing me. He's got to hit a couple. He doesn't have to hit four. He has to hit one or two. It doesn't even, yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be two. Hit one. And they might even have to come up and say, hey, he hit one. Give him a little more respect. I mean, the shot making when it comes down to it is it's got to keep improving. Now, it's slowly, steadily improving. But, yeah, Gasol is frustrating me offensive end. Defensively, playing well. He's frustrating. Yeah. Well, see, but that was the thing I noticed, you know, at the end of the game, uh, one of the things that I was getting really frustrated with, saving except for the last series, but uh, in the last five minutes, 
the intangibles that Gasol does so well, I was noticing that yes. he wasn't really doing those well either in at the end oh. of the game. And that was what I found really troubling because he's so good. Like that's what we that's what he's there for, right? Is to is to be a have a high basketball IQ and and make those great plays, you know, set the right pick, make the right pass. And you know, I think there was a couple of series where he let the ball slip through his hands. There was a couple easy missed rebounds, just little things that made a huge difference coming down the stretch. And so, you know, I think we're all going to be looking for Pascal to be to really start to find his his game. But you know, a smart you know Marcus Hall on the floor is going to do wonders for us as well. I, well, I, I think do that- think that the Raptors. Oh, sorry, I thought that the Raptors. Um, just to talk about Tatum for a second. Like I thought they did a really good job at crowding him and making him constantly have to navigate how to get to his spots. And they sped him up a bit and tried to disrupt his flow. And I I thought they did a really good job at that. Like, listen, he's incredibly skilled. He has a size advantage. The guys, I mean, Kemba did go off last night, but like, I'm kind of thinking I would rather Kemba than Tatum go off. Yeah, it's not a bad point. It's true. I mean, I think you probably do want because Tatum has the has the chance to score forty plus type thing. Um, I, I just uh, I would say when you look at Boston, they're gonna, each game in the rest of this series they're going to have like uh, either Tatum, Walker, or Brown is going to step up, and that's why I keep mentioning the three in the Raptors. So yeah, it remains to be seen. I mean, I, I would also I I have actually one question for you guys. Um, I, th- I mean, I've been I, – I don't think the refs have been entirely unfair. Uh, there's been times when the Raptors are getting calls and there's times when the Celtics are getting calls. But there seems to be more calls. And the fact of the matter is the first quarter, we're at what, like six minutes left? And both teams – I think it was five minutes left and both teams are in the bonus. I was like, this quarter is going to take another hour. What are your thoughts on the, on the, on the refing situation? I think that we missed seven free throws and shot 32% from three. And so, you know, if we were shooting 80% from the line and and 50% from three and we were still getting bad calls, then I could, you know, uh, have something to gripe about. But when we're playing as bad as we are, I just, it's really difficult to blame the refs for anything. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stay mute on this one because you know how I feel. What, do you think the Raps are getting too many bad calls? Yes. I think the U.S. media has a hand in this. And I do think there are way more calls against the Raptors. We won the title yeah. last year against uh, Golden State. Doesn't matter. Well, I mean, look at that. I mean, I, the, they, I think the refs did everything humanly possible to get the Raptors in the game for game, end of game two. I mean, that Absolutely. technical foul on Tatum was the one of the softest technical fouls I've ever seen in my entire life. There is. Uh, I've been commenting on the more fouls. It's frustrating. It, it, and it's actually, it's a disservice more to the Raptors than the Celtics because they just have less, the Raptors need to get a flow to the game. I don't and, know. That was so like, Van Fleet fourth foul followed by a fifth. I have to rewatch them, but those enraged me. I couldn't believe it. Phil, I saw a great tweet uh, from, from Dave Portnoy at Barstool Sports. And it was, it, it was about, I, I'm trying to find it. It was like, uh, it was something like, you know, Twitter, it, you know, I, I'm glad to see everyone. Uh, oh, for the first time in a long time, Twitter is back to normal. 
and everybody's just bitching about how refs ruin the NBA. That's what <laughs> Twitter should be for. Feels good. And it's true. Yeah. But if you're a Boston fan right now, you're sitting back saying, "Oh, I, I can't I, believe I, how bad these refs are." And you know, oh, Boston's doing the same thing. They're like, "Oh my god!" Like you know, trying that ball to get, didn't the get out of his hands. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. But I just don't like how many falls we call. Actually, Jalen Rose brought up a good. He brought up a good point just when the bubble started. He is because he noticed it and said, "I wonder if because there's no fan noise, uh, or it's significantly reduced." They just hear so much more. You might hear like a, you know, a, a smack a bit more, and you start to call. Like the whistle's flying. Yeah, could be. Did you think the knee and Kyle's nuts was a flagrant? Yeah. Oh, I did. I See, that did. was a missed call for sure. Yeah, that was. I, I think that was a missed call. I mean, now, at, least, Kyle, at least an but, offensive foul. <laughs> but. I, I, I'm not trying to be a defender of the ref, but Kyle slapped him in the face with both of his hands. And so yeah. if you're the ref, like it's not like Kyle's like innocent there. Um, but I, I actually thought the refs, uh, I thought they did a really good job of letting them play down the stretch. There weren't yeah, many calls in the last couple of minutes. And there was a lot of guys f- hitting each other and flopping all over the floor. Um, but yeah. And didn't Nerf have his challenge rejected? At some point, and he did. He took it really early too. I, I was actually the reason he took it is because he didn't want Pascal to get his third yeah, in the second yeah. quarter. But it was it was clearly a charge. I um, that's shocking though. Nurse usually wins his. Uh, well, yes, and he's been somewhat good recently, but a lot of the times he was he struggled for a bit. I mean, it just I I you know what I I just. When that happened, I was hoping that it wouldn't bite them in the ass, which it didn't. Um, because I, my perspective is, is that that challenge is gold, and you save it for the fourth quarter. And at that moment, Siakam's not playing well, anyways. Give him his third foul and sit him down. Uh, it didn't. It's not like and he sat him down like a minute after, anyways. Just sit him down. And you wasted your challenge. It wasn't. It, it wasn't a strong challenge. It was pretty clear that he that he was out of control and just didn't. And it was charged. Yeah. One thing I was happy to see is I was concerned after game two, where Smart turned into Steph Curry, that the Raptors were going to turn ch- completely change up their D. Um, but what, from what I saw yesterday, it doesn't really seem like the Raps are that concerned about him being some sort of a sniper. You know, he got hot in game two and made those three or five threes, and this is going to happen in the NBA. And so I was happy to see that, um, that they're just going to contest him as they normally would and not give up guarding someone like Tatum uh, for him. Oh, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, they had five shots in a row. Uh, and like Steph Curry struggles. To, it, it would be – Rare for Steph Curry to hit five shots in a row. Guess, so yeah, those shots were well defended, though. Like yeah, a lot of weren't. like it was not on the Raptors. They, like they they didn't give up those shots. They were no, uh, incredible. Like, take a body off guarding somebody like Tatum. Put a, like that would just be stupid. All right, I thought, let's get. Oh, sorry, I, go ahead, Megan. Last I point. Say, I do want to say that I hope they do watch the tape today and realize how many opportunities they had to actually break that game open because I do think they did. They just didn't capitalize on them. And, you know, they get stops, but then they're letting Boston off the hook and they have to punish them. Like, I, I, yeah. That but is, I think that goes, I think that's vice versa. The point I was yeah. talking about earlier, which is they, they are not in sync offensively. They can't yeah. get anything going in the half court. And, 
Boston's not letting them run. And, yeah. and we, so I would it, say if, we, they can know, do if that. we were if we were Boston fans at this moment, we'd be saying the exact same thing. Why isn't Boston separating? Like, well, they have a ton of turnovers. Yeah, the same deal. I mean, just a very sloppy game, really, when it comes down to it. It was sloppy on both ends. It was uh, a ton of fouls. It got more exciting for the fourth quarter. So, yeah. hey, let's go into let's go into the game four. Uh, let's talk about expectations, thoughts on what the Raptors need to do. Uh, well, let's I hear think it. Kemba's a problem, and I think he really compromises the Raptors with his breakdown ability. So, um, yeah, that that's a concern. I think they need to address that. But I don't know how you really do that without leaving a guy like Tatum or Jalen Brown, you know, with the possibility of going off. Like, it's it, Kemba's a problem for me. I'm going to give a bit of a hot take here, Phil, uh, and I'm I'm upset that Blair isn't uh, back to hear it. But I think last night was the coming out party for OG Ananobi. And <laughs> we talked about it on an earlier podcast that uh, that I think he's going to have a couple games in the playoffs where he leads the team in scoring and oh. and, and, and wins. And um, as, uh, as Phil, our point guard, uh, JB, uh, said last night, um, he said, you'll know OG's the man when in the first play of game four, he windmill dunks over Jalen Brown and then gets a technical foul for stepping over him while he's on the ground. All right. Let's, let's all this is going to be, oh, dear God. this is going to be the coming up part for OG. No, I, uh, what I you actually can't dribble. <laughs> I actually think I said that. What I think is that, uh, if the Raptors don't, if the Raptors need to do two things, Pascal Siakam needs to get going. And all that, I mean, that goes without saying, um, they need to get their bench involved. Someone needs to step up because there's, you just can't put these minutes on these guys in, 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 in such a short time frame. Uh, they're going to get tired and they're not going to be able to play at that level. Uh, and then figuring out their offense, uh, whether it's, whether it's Gasol, uh, or Kyle, uh, someone needs to start quarterbacking them in the half court. And until they, if they can't figure that out, all the miracle shots in the world aren't going to save them. I agree. Yeah, I just thought OG's post game interview was gold. Did you guys watch it? It it was it was quite it was quite a good one. It was. uh, And and I I do think Ananobi obviously had one of the best games of his life. But aside from that final shot, it was his defense that allowed the Raptors to even be in that spot to begin with. That was the only shot he took in the second half. Yeah, like it, was but it really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, my thought, my two cents is, I, I'm going to stick with what I, you know, talked before. I, I, two out of the three of our of our three best players or best scorers, they got to get over twenty. Um, I don't want to see a balanced scoring attempt. There needs to be a guy that that takes it, takes over, and is aggressive. So, I think that uh, I. I I think that based on what I saw in the fourth quarter of the of game three, that they have to be aggressive driving the ball because it's the only time we got a bit more success on the one five pick and roll and the one five screen. Because then all of a sudden they're thinking they're lagging off of the guys like Van Vliet and Lowry, afraid that they're gonna take it to the rim. And a couple of times Van Vliet got some really good looks, whereas Absolutely. for most of the game they weren't. They were very contested. So 
be aggressive, drive the lane, start out similar to game to, to the game, like Lowry take it to the basket. So I think the two I think it's gonna come on. It's still it's gonna be Lowry Van Vliet. They they've got to lead us in this series, then they gotta keep doing it. Siakam will be an awesome addition, but I'm still going. I, I think the, the key is is gonna be Van Vliet and Lowry. Pat, you're up. One of the things that I, I, I don't disagree with anything you just said, uh, and that's it's going to be so important for game four. But I think as I look at the whole series, because um, obviously we're still down 2-1, it's, 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 you know, we won game three by the, uh, on, a, on, a, on a crazy shot, um, is I, I want to see them have a statement game in game four. Uh, they, they, I don't want to see, like in terms of what it says for the rest of the series, I'm going to feel a lot more confident going forward if we come out and win the first quarter by 10 points and, and and build up big lead that we're never really worried the whole game. If we can't do that to this team, I don't know how we're going to win uh, f- uh, you know, f- the next four games or the next three games. Sorry. Yes, we need to win the first quarter. I, I'm sick of them losing it. They got to win it. They got to win the first quarter. They got to be up. Yeah, and I think continue to trust the zone. I um, thought it caused problems for them in the first two games. However, yesterday it seemed to work. The best part about it keeps Tatum from getting the basket. And, yeah, I'd like to see that continue. But Also, if we're going to be playing our guys 46 minutes, it's probably better to have them yeah. play man-to-man. I, that is a, uh, you know, Pat and I are play league ball, and, you know, we're we're zone only. We're getting old. It's a good <laughs> way to conserve that run. energy. <laughs> and, and when it and when in doubt, foul. Yeah, I thought Gasol was good last night. We know Blair went off on him last game, and so he can. He just needs to continue getting inside inside for um, you know a handful of layups and and play defense, and he's useful. No, I, I, the exact I, the bench is going to have one of the guys. Like if you look at Gasol, Ibaka, Powell, they they're typically the rotation of the bench minutes because Gasol's not playing the 40, you know, plus side. So one of those three is having, if if one of them's not having a great game, one of them's at least doing something that's very impactful. And Powell stepped up and hit some incredible threes. And he had, well, he had a three and he had an and one, but it was just, they were very timely. So someone's going to step up. I I don't doubt that. So if it's not Gasol, it's going to be Ibaka. Well, I thought for the first time yesterday, Gasol and Ibaka actually outplayed their Celtics counterparts. And this needs to be the trend. And they both seem really engaged defensively. And, you know, yeah. I'm a little sick of... uh, Actually, who made a concerted effort to attack the rim. So those are the chances that that should be there when Lowry gets going, too. And so I'm a little sick of this Williams character getting, like shooting six of six from the field and having like seven blocks. <laughs> it's like, getting just, a little much. Who is can this I guy? Ask, can I, Phil, can I just ask though, Megan, like, uh, Ibaka had uh, two points and Gasol had 10. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't see what those other guys had, but like in my mind, we need Ibaka and Gasol doing a much more than that on the offensive end. Uh, with such a short bench in order to win. I, I don't necessarily agree. Um, I think to me, their defense is more important. As long as Gasol is, you know, getting inside, getting a few layups, Ibaka, sure. If Ibaka could score 10, obviously better. But to me, I, my issue wasn't with them last night. Uh, I, I mean, I, I have no idea how to predict this game for 
zero clue. Um, you, you look back, and, and one thing I'll say, which is I think is a little much, is everybody being like, oh, the Raptors have been in this scenario before, down 0-2. Well, two things. Obviously, the big thing is there's no Kawhi Leonard. Uh, the second thing is that we're not, we don't actually have home court advantage. It's not like we're playing in front of our fans. So every game is neutral and the same. And Boston is just really, really, really good. And they have so many weapons. It's crazy. So yeah. if they have two or three guys step up, it's over anyways. There's no, there's no, the Raptors defense is just not good enough to stop it. They could be a championship contender. So I just have no clue how it's going to go. I'm going to say the Raptors are going to win because I want them to. Uh, but I'm not, once, once again, I'm not very confident saying it. It's really all going to come down in the first quarter, I think, this time around again. If they, if Boston gets any sense, yeah, obviously Toronto, they're going to come out hard, but Toronto is going to come out hard with that enthusiasm and that excitement of being back in the series. But if Boston, like, punches them right back, and after the first quarter they're up, like, six, I think they're going to be like, dude, we're better than this team. Yeah. I think, so, I think a lot of it comes down to Kyle Lowry. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but his face right off to, or right off the bat, it was just, it was almost like he was approaching it like a business. Like he came out very business-like, very determined. He missed the, that first three from the corner while he was fading away. But I thought even with that, and I think he, didn't he miss the first two? That he well, shot. I, no, he he had the he had the N one was the oh, first yeah, play yeah. of the game. Yeah, he started okay. on yeah. fire. So he did have the N one, but I, I don't know. I thought he played a near perfect game, and I just think that the the Raptors are exceptionally hard to beat when Kyle's sort of in that beast mode, and and they always have a chance to win. And so I think he is the key, and he needs to come out in the first, like you mentioned. Oh, the poor. I really hope though, for his sake, that someone initially steps up just to take a bit of the load off, and maybe he can sit on the bench for a bit. Uh, as much as I love Kyle Lowry and, and I know he'll he'll do it, it's not sustainable playing 46.5 minutes a night. Yeah. One night he'll just be god-awful because he'll have no legs. So let's they pray. Wow. I think that guy's going to be Pascal tomorrow. Uh, I think he's going to continue on the momentum he had in game three. I think he's going to get off to a hot start. I think he's going to have over 30 points. I think the Raptors are going to win 118-106. Oh, you're you're predicting a statement game. That's the statement, statement game. game. Love okay. it. Oh, I I would love it. I I'm predicting another gut wrenching <laughs> close game, and I'm just I'll just say that we're gonna win by four. There you we're go. Gonna, we're gonna win one hundred eight, one hundred four. That's I my think, prediction. I will say I was happy to see Norm Powell. Um, having a few big time shots in the fourth last night. Like when he was benched midway through the fourth, right? And then when Van Fleet needed a bit of a rest, he came in and yeah, it was big driving layup and deep, deep bailout three and kept them within striking distance. I was happy to see that. I think he's also a key. And I mentioned that last last podcast. Like the the offense just seems so hard to come by. Um, against these Celtics, that they have to find a way to get them. Yeah, well, yeah, Dri- driving the lane, creating he, that yeah. one-five screen. He, he really can, do it. Yeah. He can be an X factor. And I mean, I I love OG in this scenario. I mean, he he still has the potential to have a big game because you know those those wing guys are if if we establish the drive to the basket, you're going to get some good looks on kickouts. It's going to happen. So. 
OG will be, and I, I trust OG's been the most consistent player of the series, so I trust him. He had a he had a couple of really big threes, obviously aside from the last one, but the, the during the game that were really needed. He also Boston was about to pull away in the first, and he hit a three when we were down like uh, I think we were down might have been down seven or eight. And he, hit he did a that three, a, three, three. He did that a few times in game two as well. Yeah, uh, exactly. when he so, kept us in the game and. He's been a listen. OG's been, I would say, our most consistent player through the through this series. You know what? And just quickly too, he's he is he's a playoff performer. In the last, think about the last real true pressure game he played in was Game Three against Cleveland. In yep. Cleveland, hitting a three to tie the game on a pump fake. Yep. Like uh, he's he's OG, not afraid to shoot it. OG is a big time player. He has proved that time and time again. I will not admit he's an X factor, though. Like going forward, and he's going to all of a sudden score over twenty a game. It's, not it's pretty easy when you have absolutely no emotion streaming through your body. <laughs> Ice in his veins. Ice in his veins. But I, okay, Pat, you touched on this. The one thing that I think we can all agree about Pascal Siakam is he was downright awful in that first half. The guy's not afraid. Like he just he you know. Kept kept uh, engaged. He I kept shooting. Yeah. And it back Well, we don't need him to play outside himself and carry the team like Kawhi Leonard. They just need him to play his game. And and outside of his jump shooting, he's been pretty solid in games two and three. So I I agree with Pat. I think next game. But I, I but but Megan, I think we do need him to carry us like Kawhi Leonard does. That is why we're in the position we're in. Is that we don't have Ooh. in the there's no NBA team that's going to win by committee in the playoffs because we go to these games and coming down the stretch, you need a guy who's just going to take over and create his own shots. And Kyle was that guy for us down the stretch last night. Um, but it's supposed to be Pascal. That's his role. We, we need one game out of Pascal where he's like, it, I, I get the feeling that he's really exerting himself because he's matched up against Tatum most of the time. Yeah. And he's really exerting himself on the defensive end. So I'd like to see one game where he steps up to take the burden off of a Van Vliet and Lowry. Totally. Um, I, I think, think he need, we need one out of him. That's a hell of a lot of pressure to put on a guy who was clearly at a very different stage than Kawhi Leonard. Like just he, because Kawhi, max contract. He got a max contract. He got paid. I, I get it, but I do think that there's things that they can do to make it easier for him, and that it's not all on his shoulders. There, are, uh, no one is playing particularly well. Aside, Megan, he was he was he missing wide open shots in yeah. game one. He was he getting to the net. He was missing wide open layups. I'm like, <laughs> the guy isn't. Sorry, like I just it, the, the pressure is on him. It's the playoffs. This is why he's getting max money to perform. That's why he wanted the max you money. He cannot miss area. those gotta shots. Step up. You gotta step up. I love you. Pat. I think he will. These douches don't. Don't worry. I got your back. I love him too, but that's why. Like I'm so frustrated that he's not playing up to his capability. And I don't. I don't think it's fair for any fan to say like. To, to, to take the position of anything other than we expect excellence. Like, yeah. if Austin Matthews goes scoreless in, in the playoffs, I'm going to be pissed at him because oh, he's yeah. supposed to score goals. Pascal Siakam is supposed to score points. His he, He's great defensively, but that's not why we have him. We use guys like OG and others to lock down on defense. Pascal's job is to score. I know, I know. He did get I, two layups to start the second half, splashed a three. He did get them in the lead. He was, I, I agree with you, though. He has to play a hell of a lot better. Well, yeah, that's my point. Like 14 points, 14 of his 16 in the second half. Even Shaq was talking about it. He said it could be the thing, the confidence he needs to get going because that's his best half he's had in the playoffs so far. Uh, so, it was great to see. And yeah. let's hope he keeps it rolling, but playing. 
one half good and the other is still not acceptable. Um, he's got to, he's got to, he's got to do a full it's what, Phil, Sorry, Phil, he's what won. is it? He was it's unacceptable. It's it's actually, unacceptable. Yeah, I would have benched him in the first half. All right, so we got our, well, Megan, what's your score prediction? Oof. Uh, I'm going to say 109-105. All right, you're going with the four point. All right. I'm yeah. Good. Two possession game. All right. So I'm going to be anxiously awaiting this game. Uh, I, I do have to say it was nice. I had my you know moment last night of being so joyful, and then it switched to the straight anxiousness again, <laughs> thinking about they better not blow this game four after that miracle. Uh, so it's like <laughs> I'm really, really anxious for the start of the game. Uh, so best of luck to them. I guess we can briefly discuss some of the other games. What, what's, your down final, what's your final score, though, for the Raps and Pat? I did. I already said I said 108, oh, 104. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's 118, 106. Yeah, I'm going to have to drink. Phil, I, uh, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a former Raptor uh, who was playing for the Clippers last night, not Lou Williams, uh, who uh, I miss terribly right oh, now. Yeah, so good. He Number was two. Uh, that Denver team is toast. Uh, they if if Kawhi and company get rolling, they're they're winning that series. And the absolute worst case scenario is five, if not sweep. I got like sentimental watching Kawhi hit shots last night. I was just like, oh, I haven't really dagger. paid. Too, I haven't paid too much attention to the Clippers uh, because I thought it would it would I would be too upset if I watched. But it's actually not. I, I loved it. And I really like it's fun to watch that guy play basketball. And I miss him so much on our team. Just think about the last few possessions in the first three games against Boston and how different it would have been to have a guy like him on our team again. Well, just so many times during the game, if, if he was on our team for that game, just yeah, ball would have been in his hands. And guess what? Uh, there was a lot of games in the playoffs last year where the Raptors shot a similar percentage from three, but not him. He'd always be, he'd always be like five of eight. You know, it was always a high. And you're percentage. not, you're not making, you're not making six passes on each possession uh, oh. when you're when you're coming down the stretch. It's iso ball, and yeah. Anyway, I I feel bad for uh, for Jamal Murray because I, I, you know, I really wanted to see that that uh, Denver team do well. Um, and, and, but as, as Charles Barkley said last night, he's like, Jamal Murray ain't going for 50, 42 and no. 50 against, uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard and Marcus Smart. No. Or Marcus Morris. Sorry. Yeah. And what do we think about Giannis? And uh, I think his team stinks. Uh, well, they don't stink. It's just, they, they're not, I guess this is kind of getting the sample size is getting big enough to call them a poor playoff team from their format because they kind of just stick with whatever's worked in the regular season where the things change playoffs and you're up against a really tough heat squad. And I am, I'm actually not surprised they're down 0-2. the way the heat were playing their young players don't have the pressure of a ruckus crowd. So they're, they're going to be pulling the trigger and they're shooting well from three and Jimmy Butler, you know, he won them game one and then, yeah, I think a full team effort or Dragic had a big game, game two. And I just don't see the adjustments. I don't see Budenholzer doing enough. Um, I think losing Brogdon was a 
devastating player to lose. And Wesley Matthews is not cutting it. Uh, that guy, I think he took three shots. I mean, that's your replacement of Brogdon. Yeah, and then Giannis as well. I mean, um, Giannis just needs – I, I brought up the same point as Richard Jefferson. I'll, I'll, I'll note that I brought, you brought it up before, before. Yeah. Richard Jefferson about him being a number two. Of course he's not a number two. He's a, it's like a Kobe Shaq scenario. He needs another guy. He needs a guy better than Middleton. We'll put it that way. Can I tell you the fact that you put this much stock into what Richard Richard Jefferson for me is right up there with Paul Pierce's opinion. They just the the amount they matter is below zero. Uh, I don't know. As much as I dislike him, I dislike Paul Pierce. I mean, they're not those guys were true competitors and champions and and played a lot of playoff you basketball. Don't I mean, believe Giannis is number two? Do you? No, I just said no. I said obviously yeah. number one. He just needs his team. He needs a co one. So that's why I said a Shaq and Kobe scenario. So who can't would, he can't do it on his own. Who would be he can't the do it on his own. Siakam. He needs someone. He, no, it's not Siakam. He needs a shooter. I'd love to see him defensively. Oh my god, if he was on the Raptors with Siakam and and those guys, uh, can you imagine? Like it just be just be incredible. But no, he needs like it's like you look at LeBron. Like who took the shots to the key. Uh, the the end of the game, Kyrie went for Cleveland. You look at back and Kobe. It's Kobe with the ball. Uh, you know Jordan was Jordan. He didn't need a Pippen. <laughs> you know, obviously he did. So who is your perfect complement to Giannis? I don't know. Maybe Jimmy Butler. I yeah, Jimmy that's Butler. that's a that's a huge scary. Number. Yeah, that would scary. be no. because John because Giannis can't. Unfortunately, it's a shooter's league. You know, Colin Coward on his show brought it up you know a lot of people were pulled and guys were saying oh if i had to start a franchise i'm starting it with Giannis, or at one point it was bead and then and Jokic, and he's like you those three guys he's like what what am i missing this is a shooter's league who has the ball at the end of the game so that's why i mentioned Giannis is difficult because if you look at i think the last the games one and two how many times did Giannis take a shot in crunch time how many times did he – and you can't have him bring up the ball like a point. It's half court. So that's the, that's the struggle. Budenhoser's lack of adjustments and willingness to make adjustments is hurting them big time. And I just – I don't think that he's the right coach for Giannis. I just I, – quite frankly, I don't think he's a very good coach anymore. He is a uh, he is a money ball type coach. He, uh, he follows the Oakland A theme. <laughs> the ball doesn't work in the playoffs. Yeah, good point. One of the scenarios we were talking about earlier, Phil, because I think everyone's pretty much resigned to the fact that if Milwaukee doesn't do well in the playoffs, uh, it could be it for Giannis there. Uh, but we, the Raptors' hope's always been about him coming here as a free agent out of some secret deal he made with Masai, uh, you know, overseas ten years ago, kind of thing. Um, and it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great narrative, and I hope it comes true. But it could be an Anthony Davis scenario, right? If if you're Milwaukee, you have, this, you have this tremendous asset. If he doesn't re-sign Supermax, you're going to take your chances on him re-signing or are you going to get max value for him? And when I look around the league and when I look at teams that have assets to trade for a guy like Giannis, it's – I can't even believe I'm about to say it. It's the Golden State Warriors. They have but tons this- of that. They have draft picks. They have guys like Wiggins. They have – a 
I can't see a team that could put a more competitive package together for Giannis than. So do you think it would be a sign in trade? Because what if Giannis refuses to do the sign? Like, I don't. You put Giannis with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Yeah, but what if he's going to stay? stay and then decides not to sign? It was the Kawhi scenario. Why wouldn't Golden State take the chance? They've got the core that if you leave, actually, it, so be it. Phil, Phil, I actually think it's the Anthony Davis scenario more than the Kawhi scenario, right? Because okay. Anthony Davis is a free agent at the end of this year, and is he going to, you know, is he going to resign with LA? Probably more than likely he is, and so you know, I just think it's very interesting, and, and that's why a team like Golden State would be so uh, would could be in a driver's seat for a trade like that. Um, I think we'll see. No. I think Giannis, the only way I think the uh, that makes the most sense. I pray it doesn't happen. But the yeah. the thing that I would say um, the only way Milwaukee, if he rejects the supermax and stays in Milwaukee, is if Milwaukee then says, "Okay, you've rejected the supermax. We're going to do everything humanly possible." They trade a bunch of players to get another to. star there to go for a championship, hoping that he stays after a championship. That would be the like a last ditch effort type thing. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he'll take the Supermax. Maybe he's not going to care and he likes Milwaukee. We'll, we'll, wait, well what, wait and see. One of the things I was going to say is that he's given every indication that he really likes his team and really likes the city of Milwaukee and likes the organization. Like he's never – it's it's always been this rumor because people just think, well, who the hell would want to play in Milwaukee? It's the same and, thing we deal with being like, oh, quite, no way he's going to want to stay in Toronto. And I know, and Toronto is it, Toronto is a million times better than than Milwaukee. I've only driven through and had lunch there, but I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Milwaukee um, is colder, I think it is. And so, so, but but I mean, all that being said, is there's a lot of hype about this. But uh, again, like you just said, I could see a scenario that he resigns because he seems to really like it there. Yeah, we will see. Uh, the other big series starting tonight are the Lakers and the Rockets, which I could care less about. You know my stance on Houston. So, uh, what are your thoughts? Because I don't even really—I'm barely going to tune in. I think it's going to be really hard for like Houston had a had a lot of trouble against a uh, an OKC team that was playing above themselves, uh, and and I just can't see them coming close to matching what LeBron and them are going to bring. We, we talked about That's this really in the first, first first yeah exactly first podcast of the season, Phil like. That or, or of the of the bubble, you know, Dame Lillard. Uh, everyone got hyped about him, but like Portland was who we thought they were, to quote Danny Green, and they got annihilated. LA's playing at a really high level right now, so we'll see. The only thing I will say is if you're if Houston lives and dies by the three, everyone knows that they've obviously developed this this uh, this approach to the game, which which is is unique, and I, I think other teams haven't done it because it's. It's not very effective, but um, you can shoot sixty threes a game. You always have a chance to win. Yeah, but I just, that's a good point. I just can't. I think it's going to be really tough because LA LA plays the the wings really well. Who's much guard better Anthony than Anthony Davis? Who's going to guard it? You got like what? PJ Tucker. Yeah, the Lakers are just going to suffocate them. But I mean, I will say there's no better player than James Harden in terms of creating his own shot. So you know, you never know. But I I think. Like Pat said, they're gonna have a, a definite and, uh, battle. Phil I, and Megan, I don't know what you guys, how closely you watched the OKC series, but like, what was happening with Russell Westbrook? He oh. was, he was almost like a disruptor on his own team. He was like, he, I, I can't. I mean, I, I haven't liked him. <laughs> he was in the finals of 2012, and quite frankly, I'll bring up how unacceptable he is in the unacceptable segment right now. 
is Russell Westbrook because I'll never forget. I will never forget this. It, just the years after playing with Kevin Durant, he single-handedly drove him out. You have the best scorer in the league, and I will never forget watching a playoff game against, I think it was San Antonio, and it was five possessions in a row that Russell Westbrook took it and didn't pass to Kevin Durant. I have no vested interest in that game, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs, pass the ball! I was freaking out. And that is the type of guy. And now what? Russell Westbrook is now selfless. He still sucks. Uh, and, and he was unacceptable. The I game? have no interest in watching him play. Get, just leave leave the bubble. Just get out. <laughs> Phil, exactly to your point, if you if you remember the, the, the game six, uh, which OKC miraculously won, um, there were three or four possessions at the end of the game where Russ went ISO and it's like, Hey, remember that guy James Harden, who's yes. uh, yeah. who's sitting over NBA. there, who's the best scorer in the NBA? I don't Maybe care if he's struggling, give him the ball. <laughs> yeah. So I think anyway, I think LA wins f- four or five. I don't think this is going to be a close series at all. I'll re I'll reiterate one thing just before we cut this off. I'll re I'll reiterate reiterate how unacceptable the Boston Celtics fans are. Um, whole slew of lucky shot. The, uh, you know, the shot clock didn't start in time. It should have been a violation or the time didn't start uh, to don't worry. It just extended it to five games. Celtics five. Shut up. You guys stink uh, <laughs> as fans. Obviously, your team is good, but I can't stand listening to you guys comment like you guys are already world champions. Get out of here. Okay. Unacceptable. I hate them. Boston, to me, worst fans in the league, Boston and Philly. Pretty nasty. Oh, Philly's a Philly's a uh, they're they're they aim for number one. They're, they're actually so proud of it. They turn on their own players. Like they're they're awful. Philly Philly fans are scumbags for sure. Um, and Kyle Lowry knows it. If Boston, the one of the Phil we talked about this earlier. One of the things that's great about last night was not only did uh, the Raptors have the uh, have that miraculous three point shot, which must have been a dagger through Celtics fans which made me so happy. Yeah. But we know that Boston is and always will be a Red Sox town and having the Jays uh, beat them in 10 with a yes. three run homer by Teoscar Hernandez was <laughs> icing, icing it on, made, uh, on the cake. Made the it day. made my entire night. It made yeah. it so just, it, just to have that on top, just to dominate Boston. It was great. And the fact that the Bruins are out. Yes. Oh, it's so sweet. All right. Well, we'll leave it. Hey, actually let's go out on this. Any adjustments to the series prediction? What do you think for Raptors, Celtics? Are you still sticking with Raptors in seven? I think, Megan, you said Raptors in seven, did you not? Yeah. I'm still- so you're sticking with that. Pat, any change? I don't want to piss off our fans by saying what I think is going to happen. So I'll just stick with Raptors in six. I'll, I'll just stick with Raptors in six. I'm going to. I'm going to take that burden from you. I still think Boston's winning. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to, and actually I can make it worse. I think it's going to be Boston in six. You're fine. <laughs> Let's fire him. 